What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Okay, you know, like at camps and stuff like this, you take the ball out. You ain't getting the ball back. <laughs> like, you the last one up the court. They already did their thing. So I stopped there, and I just got into a rhythm and started hooping. The Lakers should sign Trey Young this summer. They got to kind of start preparing for, like, if LeBron's last year is this year or next year, whenever it is. And I feel like a uh, pick and roll with AD and a guy like Trey Young would be deadly. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to All the Smoke, a production of The Black Effect and Our Heart Radio in partnership with Showtime. Welcome back to another edition of All the Smoke. Jack, what's good, baby? Back at it. We got a good one today, man. Back at it. You know, season three, we wanted to start bringing more versatility to the show, man. And this man speaks more legends. perfect uh, to what we were looking for, man. That's, uh, welcome to the show, Wood Harris. <clears throat> what's Appreciate happening, you, bro? What's Appreciate you. Good, 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 good to see you. Good to see you. Good to see you. Good to see you. Yes, sir. Uh, what's going on right now? I know you're working on this new Lakers series. Let's get right to it. Talk to us about this Lakers series you're working on. Uh, we're doing the Lakers 80s right now, which is um, showcasing on like the success of the well the ups and downs of the lakers and a lot of the backstories mm-hmm. and i'm like i portrayed spencer haywood mm. shout out nice. so yeah so i got to meet the actual spencer i told shaq that i i finally i went pro you know <laughs> with the lakers but you know it's all good yeah. so spence uh correct me if i'm wrong spence was he he tried to jump right he was the first one to try to jump yeah spencer haywood is the reason why people come out of school early Mm-hmm. And not just him, but there were a few different athletes at that time who ended up having to go all the way to the Supreme Court right. with their case to be able to go pro. Mm. And from that point, I would say that Spencer Haywood, all the pros know who Spencer Haywood is, mm-hmm. but I don't think he, he, like, I don't think he's as known as he probably should, should be at right. all. Right. So, um, so his story is in this story some. It's not. It's not completely with his story. We don't go into the whole mm-hmm. court case that's mentioned. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, it's about the Lakers and it's dealing with the relationships of all the teammates, um, and behind the scenes as well. So it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's so, a lot. what is it like to 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 work? I mean, a historical team such as the Lakers, um, you know, playing such a historical character that had a lot to do with how 
Kobe came in the game, Kevin Garnett came in the game, some of these other stars that, you know, kind of ran the league for a while. But what is it like to play in a situation like that? Man, um, you know, I'm prepared for it, though, I would say, as, 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 a, as an experienced talent, you know. just I'm kind of prepared for it. You know, I play a lot of real-life people, so I kind of have my own method. Mm-hmm. And um, But it's large, though. It's, it's shot epically, too. It's shot in film. Most things are shot digital. It's shot in film. Mm. So it's a really epic, epic HBO series dealing with the Lakers. It's a little pressure, though, because, you know, I mean, Spencer Haywood is intense. I don't know if you guys know, but he's intense, you know. He's intense. So, you know, I want to get it right. Right. And at the same time, you know, it's not all about Spencer Haywood, but I want to get it right. Mm-hmm. He's very intense. So, you know, yeah, it's a little pressure. When does that drop? Does, <laughs> does, does that have a drop date yet? Do you guys know when that I drops? Think it, I, think, I think early next year in March or so. Okay. Yeah, I think in March I'll Definitely or so. be on the lookout for that, definitely. So take us back, uh, Chicago, Illinois, oh, son of Maddie and John. Mm-hmm. That's it. Talk you know, to us. Grew up on the west side, west side of Chicago. Um... Yeah, you know, me, my mom, my my bro, my dad, um, you know, very, uh, what do I, you know, I mean, typical, I guess, ghetto type situation, as they say, you know. Um, but we had a lot of basketball influence. You know, we went to the same grade school and high school as Isaiah Thomas, mm-hmm. and my brother was close with that, with Isaiah's family, so... My brother and, and Isaiah's nephew were best friends, or our best friends. Mm-hmm. So as a kid, you know, I was around Isaiah Thomas, and just basketball was just everything. It just was right. every. It just was everything with the school system that I went to. I went to the same high school as Hoop Dreams. If you ever see mm-hmm. the private school with Coach Pingatou, yep. who I think he died last year, but um, so we had a strong connection to that Hoop Dreams and whatnot. Like that's what it was like growing up. It was very much. But those days, you know, I'm in the 80s. I mean, it was heavy street, you know, heavy yeah. street influences. Mm-hmm. So a lot of a lot of a lot of street um dominance in those in the community that I grew up in. What kept you on that path? Really, my brother. My brother is an actor, Steve Harris, who um people know him from his show on the practice, and he also did um just many movies, and he's he's on BMF too. You guys are working together like right now, right? Family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's my older brother. And so, you know, I always say, like, he's my older he's my older brother, older enough to be a real older brother, you know, like, so I think he ended up being sort of like a, a guiding light for me in a mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Where I could have been um Drawn to you know the dark side of the moon and shit. My brother kind of like no 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 stay on the lit side of the moon, bro. <laughs> Who's your brother playing the BMF? My brother's what is the cop. The cop. Yeah, he got a bald head. His name is Steve Harris. Yeah okay yeah 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 okay yeah yeah. He's been around for a minute. He's won some awards. Yeah. So you obviously basketball being a heavy influence, the arts came into your life early too. What 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 got you doing that? I was always just very artistic, just as a person. I still am. I'm you know a painter, musician, different instruments. I just was always um are just very artistic in general. Just that's just just my own thing. You know, I don't think those communities make a lot of art centers, and you know what I'm saying. So. You know, what What happened with me is I just had a, a great interest in acting. You know what I mean? I was just drawn to it. 
watching the TV and just being drawn into it as a kid. And um, to get away from the community, one of the means of getting away was you gotta go, you gotta go to school. Something. If you, if you don't go to way, if you don't go to school, then you're probably gonna be there, get a job. If nothing pulls you away, you're gonna be there, you're gonna get a job. Mm-hmm. You probably end up having a baby or something, boom, now you're there. You know what I'm saying? My brother went away to school. And then he came and got me one weekend. I was like, nah, you got to see like college life. You know what I'm saying? So I went, I went to his college for the and I was like, damn, I can, this, this shit cool. Like <laughs> I could do some other shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so I auditioned for college. And then I got a scholarship. And um, at that point, that's a, pretty much money, you know? So I started to like see it differently, you know? And then I wanted to be skilled and not just using in, intuition all the time. So you want to be skilled. You okay. can, and like, I'm not a skilled painter. I'm a skilled actor. I can paint, but I'm a skilled actor. At what age did you fall in love with acting? Pretty young, you know, whitey tighties. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Cereal. Preteen. Right, colorful cereal. Yeah. <laughs> Black and white movies, you know, I, I like I fell in love with um, some of the older black and white movies um, with James Cagney and Humphrey Bogart and stuff like that. And then I was sort of like, as a kid, you know, I would go in the other room and be acting like them, you know. So it was probably my niche really early on to be involved. And um, I really never saw, I never saw anything else, mm-hmm. never saw anything else as lit for me as far as what I wanted to do. Um, and even though basketball and other, the sports in general is not just basketball. When I say basketball, it's because, but sports in general, mm-hmm. you know, it was a lot. Because you can't go act. You got to do something. You know what I'm saying? So you just can't go do a play by yourself. Right. right. So, um, you know, I'm competitive. And I think sports, that's why I mean. So it's just, I mean, a lot to me. I'm competitive. And um, acting is not really a competition, you know. Maybe you compete to get a role if you're in the process of auditioning. Well, that's the competition. Mm-hmm. But if I'm doing a scene with y'all, it's not a competition. You know? And we're telling the story, and I'm not really trying to be better than you. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to outdo anything in a scene. Um, but my competitive spirit is just helps me. It, I think it just puts confidence in me. You had a really talented class at one point where a lot of people who went on and had some other success um, in the acting space. What was it like being around those names at that time? And did you see that in them? Did you guys see it in each other? Like, you know, we do the AAU shit. That's similar to playing AAU ball. Like, damn, they all played together at one mm-hmm. point. Like, you had a class with several yeah. actors in it that all made it big. But, you know, yeah. But it's like on a hindsight, you know, it's a hindsight thing now. But during, during like, in the moments of being in class, one of them was... um. Mike Hall, who people know as Dexter. Mm-hmm. So we went to school together. Went to the same school with Jeffrey Wright. Um, Sterling K. Brown. Yeah, Sterling K. Brown. Um, uh, Mahershala. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it didn't, you know, it just, you just don't really know. Mm-hmm. So at that time, it's just like the AAU. Mm-hmm. You know, he cold, but right. still don't know. You don't know if it's going to, yeah. Anything can happen. Mm-hmm. So it's still that thing. All this all this stuff is rock and roll. If it's basketball, music, acting, it's just rock and roll because it's 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 got a hustle to it that it's just built into it. It's a, it's a hustle built into it. You got to hustle as the individual. And even the business aspect, uh, if you don't learn it, you'll be hustled on. If you learn it, then you do the hustle, mm-hmm. you know. So 
you know, it's not like it's rock and roll. You know, it's rock and roll. Mm -hmm. So, Broadway career, you played Harold Mitch Mitchell in the Broadway revival of a streetcar named uh, Desire. That's right. By Tennessee Williams. What's different between Broadway and film? Well, Broadway is like instant gratification. You know, it's like um. You know, you got the fans right there. It's like, you know, I always say that basketball, what I love about it, sports is that it's theater in the sense that it's live. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's the Broadway aspect of it, you know. Um, it's live and everything goes. So if you mess up, then that's going to be captured for the people in the audience, mm -hmm. you know. And as opposed to now, they want to look at Matt Barnes shake the ball at Kobe, you know what I'm saying? But it was, it was, but that was live. Right. Ain't no reenacting that. You too. They want to see you. Y'all had your famous moments. Yeah. Now it's just captured, you know, digitally. Mm -hmm. But it was live. So, you know, you had that experience live. You had that experience live. It's the same thing, you know, theater, juxtaposed film or television is um, it's dope because you just get the live, live experience, you know. And so if somebody is crying, you can hit them in the audience crying, you know, mm -hmm. or laughing. Or whatever it is, right. you know. So you love them equally the same? I do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't see one as you know. I don't see any. To me, the, the arts in general are just. It's really just um, like a box of crayons in a sense. So every kid had a box of crayons, and then I'm older than y'all. Some of y'all had the box with the damn with the glitter crayons and shit. But I remember the little box with I think it's five colors in it, eight colors top. The basics. The basics. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so my imagination is just that I don't really see rap or acting or those things are all just how you use the colors that you have mm. at, your, at your use that you can utilize. So to me, I don't really see a difference in the arts so much. It's just can you um, manifest that from your imagination? Can your imagination bottle the performance? or the painting, or the song. It's coming from a place of kind of nowhere. So, you know, figuring shit out, there's some math to it. There's math to art. Mm -hmm. And um, all art is math, you know, a, a song is, is math. So figuring the things out so that you have something dope is something else, you know. Um, and then it depends on the type of artist you are, if you're the type that, like I don't, you know, I don't really um, listen to too much of what somebody says about a performance because I did it. I did it already. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter so much. Yes or no, meaning you know whether they like it or not. So I usually just get people who tell me they love it, or you know, pretty much they say they love it. Mm -hmm. you know? And then occasionally you get somebody like, "Fuck you." <laughs> That's part of yes, it. Nigga, fuck you. I'm like, thank you, man. All this you love shit. Job, I mean, right. Somebody come and say fuck yeah. you. You know what I mean? But, but really though, like, um, ignoring the um, the yays and the nays is a good thing to be involved with. Ignoring what people think, and yes and no. I mean, the good and the bad, basically. 1994, Butter Rim. Big moment in my life, I know. Big moment in your life, too, sure. from the movie to the soundtrack. How was it uh, actually being in that movie and also being along with the, with the late, great Pac, mm -hmm. acting with him? Man, well, I'll take Tupac first because Tupac, in the, in the moments of it, just knowing him, you know, 
and I love hip hop, I'm a hip hop head. But I, at the time, I, uh, I mean, I wasn't the biggest fan of Tupac's. There was a lot of rappers to like, and they all were different, mm-hmm. and nothing like that. Today, they're all the same, you know, but back then, they were all different. Mm-hmm. And um, I was a fan, but I wasn't like, oh man, Tupac, man. So I wasn't like sitting up there. When I first worked with Denzel, I was like, damn, I'm this is Denzel Washington. Like, he's a major influence on me. Right. You know? mm-hmm. So at the time, that was my first first movie uh, or first thing, first professional thing mm-hmm. um, of that, of that like, in that's, film. It's a hell of a one to start with. Yep. Yeah. Um, Pac was, um, I always tell people, he kind of like put himself out there. Like, I can't tell you something different about Pac, you know, that you couldn't think, I mean, you know what he was like. Mm-hmm. Like, it was honest to the way he was. But he did have a, a, a side where he could talk about, like, he would sudden talk about Lorraine Hansberry, who wrote the play um, A Raisin in the Sun, or talk about Gandhi all in the same conversation, you know, in a one-on-one situation, you know. So he was, um, and then I talked to him a couple weeks before he died, too. And that was different, because it was just brief, a brief, hello, what's up, this and that, but oh, man, this and that. Excuse me, two weeks later, he died. I mean, he was killed, as everyone knows. But um, the film, working on the film itself was, you know, a dream. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I got a movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and it was my first thing I ever right. auditioned for, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was really a dream. So that's to the me. first one you ever auditioned for. That's the first one. And again, my brother, right? My brother set that up. Because I could hoop, you know what I'm saying? Not like you guys, you guys professional. Now you, you have some G. You had some G. Yeah, I mean, I always feel shit. like outside the pro, I can tell you a funny story. One time I had to, when the NBA went on, I'll get back to it in a second, but when the NBA went on hiatus, and I think the Spurs won that year, what's that? 99. 98, 99. 98, 99. Now, 98, 99, I thought I could be. Like, I tried dunk, I tried to dunk on Robin one time. I'm gonna block my shit so crazy <laughs> celebrity game, Robin. It was back then, I just like, I just thought like, I thought I could off. be a professional basketball player. A lot of cats think they can. Let me tell you what snapped me out of it. So, <laughs> what I had to they understand it. about it, right? Because I wasn't conditioned. I didn't have nobody to help me condition to be a professional athlete or even a top-notch athlete. So, all my stuff is just me, right? It's not even any trained stuff. Um, but in 99, was it 98, 99? Mm-hmm. I'm in Philly filming a movie. <clears throat> and the strike happened. So, a lot of the players be from Philly. They found a gym. So I forgot who told me. Somebody told me, oh, the players got a gym, they going to the gym. What? Hey, I'm going to go to the gym. I can go to the I'm going to the gym. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm going to lose some of the names, y'all. I'm going to forget some of the names. All these cats went on to be so legit pros. So, but the one I had to stick, right? So I don't want to stick somebody in my house. I'm like 6'3", six, 6'4", six, right? Like Murray. I'm going to pad my shoes. I'm going to be about 6'4", and some change, right? <laughs> if I have to. I come in the gym. The only cat around my height is Katina Mobley. Ooh. Ooh, <laughs> it's a long day. Bad business. He was coming out of what, Rhode Island? Yeah. At that point, I didn't know who he was. You know, he was humble with him up. He was chilling. Oh, yeah, he didn't say shit to me. He was just like, oh, okay, cool. Well, when I tell you... Cat was nice. It was like, not only was he just nice, you underestimate how much work it is happening on the court. Mm-hmm. When you're watching it, it just looked like they floating on the court and shit. No, man, that shit is... And even the pickup games be 
you know, you expect a pickup game. When I play a pickup, a, civ- a civilian's pickup game, <laughs> there's resting moments. <laughs> <laughs> I have a resting moment, bro. My pattern of resting moments, I could, I was dead. I literally thought I was going to die. I'm, no, I'm not kidding. I, my heart Chess never beat open, so huh? hard. Yeah. As to guard, and that was Katina Mobley, and he was dope. I went on to be, at least I said it was him, right? At least it was him. But anyway. Um, he's still dope. Yeah, he, still, he is still dope. But anyway, um, it was above the rim. And so, um, just getting back on that for a second. Um, and what were you talking about? The process of it? Just oh, being there. Just Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, was, it was a dream come true. At the time, though, I had gotten into NYU. Because I really expected to do a lot more theater and just, like I told you, I was looking for skill. Mm-hmm. You know, um, just like in basketball, you got, at some point, you got to have skill. Yeah. Which means you got to work on something. Add something new to your game. People think they can act without skill. It does require skill. And you can't just go get a ball and shoot around and become a, at least a good free throw shooter, you know what I'm saying? If you can do that on your own with the basketball, but in acting, how do you get this, how do you manifest skills? So you kind of almost have to learn it through experience, which is what you have to go through. You have to learn through experience. Mm-hmm. Or you have to be taught, like, um, or you can have both of them happen, you know what I'm saying? Same with doing directing or working in in these things. Is not as easy as it looks, just like on the screen. Right. Um, so expect things to be different because there's pressure when it goes three, two, one action. Mm. Different than this pressure. Pressure of memorization, pressure of um, commitment. Right. Yeah, getting it right because it's not just memorization. You gotta get this glass, simple shit, right? You gotta take this glass to the sink and say your lines. That's nothing. Action. But it's the action part. <laughs> Stephen Jackson. So how do I grab a glass? I think I grab it like this. It turns a robot. Like a person never smoked a cigarette before, right? They get a scene. They got to smoke a square in a scene. They hold that mouth. <laughs> All wrong. It's looking like that to them, right? Right. <laughs> They're not calm and cool with it. Or if they got to do some shit with a joiner, if I'm, or even drinking. You know, they got to be drunk. They don't really drink, though. Or they never smoked a joint somewhere they get hot. They'd be so like, yeah, Extras. dude, I don't know. Where are we? And all that type of shit, which is a bunch of bullshit. But you want authenticity when, you, when you're doing a portrayal at bare minimum. Just like you want to have, and the easy part is to have like conversational reality. You can always sound real. Somebody could have written something, handed it to you, and you can make it sound real. So at bare minimum, you want to have conversational reality and authenticity with Regards to the story you're trying to tell. Mm-hmm. So, from both sides. Right. Both sides. Right. When did it hit you? I mean, that cast well, was a great cast. When did it kind of hit you that that was going to be a classic movie? Above the Rim? Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, much later, man. It was it was after Tupac was, um, I mean, died tragically. And um, it became it, though. You know, you're not really... Shit just become what it becomes. Y'all know that well. well that, but that's one of them, when that shit first dropped, everybody at the movie. Because the soundtrack. Yeah, first the sound, of all, people used to go stupid. to the theater. Yeah, back So then. now we sound like crazy, right? The 99 people used to movies. go to the theater, right. And the soundtrack used to be like what boosted a film, mm-hmm. stuff that they don't really do so much anymore. But 
So that soundtrack was dope. It had, of course, it had Tupac, it had Nate on it. It just had everybody. The pain song dope. by Tupac. Yes, that was the shit. That's the shit. <laughs> soundtrack is actually a dope, dope, dope mm -hmm. soundtrack. That's a missing part of the form. It's kind of like, yep. just like you don't have record covers anymore and nothing like that. None of the art. You just have the song. You don't even have the song. You got the MP3. Right. You have nothing. <laughs> okay. You have nothing. Let's figure out how to sell nothing a lot. Mm, they do it well. And they do it well. The basketball scenes. Mm -hmm. In the movie, yeah, I was, was taking off on those marks. Yeah, a lot of them cats. Was, <laughs> a lot yeah, of, he was taking off. Yeah, 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 because <laughs> I had hops open. back then. I still could. I'm still dunking. I'm doing all that stuff. Like I'm trying to be Spencer Haywood. Right. So be careful you know, now. I had to. Y'all heard of? Um, I had to do knees over toes. So you still dunking right I'm now? Doing it. I'm still dunking. My man wow. from knees over toes got me straight, and it's like this. Uh, because I tore my Achilles twice, right, mm. my right leg. So you know that's really a. Deal ended for my generation. It was a deal. Now people come back, mm -hmm. but it used to be this over. Like mm -hmm. it was crazy. You told that shit twice. It's like cash Same him out. Too? Shoot the horse. Pow. Huh? Mm -hmm. Same leg. Same leg. Damn. Same leg. Mm -hmm. Same leg. Same. Both hooping, just doing nothing really mm -hmm. too. Because I, but I had worn it out so much that you know, you know, you get up with that mad that stiffness. Well, mm -hmm. I would get up with that shit, warm it up, you know, and then go play. And then the stiffness and the stiffness. That's rigidity. That's liable to snap. At some point. That wear and tear. Small little cuts and stuff mm -hmm. that you Yo, I don't give a fuck what Birdie says. I would bury the both of these motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> There's his one. But you don't know Yo, stuff that's going to be classic, Get though. The you don't, just to answer that, you don't. I know yeah. that's good. Do you see that shit? You see that shit? You got to be motherfucking soldiers. <laughs> now drive, nigga. Jack wanna act. <laughs> that's that's what I you you spoke on Denzel. Mm -hmm. um, remember the Titans. Classic. Classic. Uh you received a nomination for the NWCP mm -hmm. Image Awards. Outstanding supporting actor. Mm -hmm. Like you said, you were in awe when you got in the presence of Denzel. What was that experience like? Uh man, it was like it was. It had a surreality to it for me because I, you know, I was a fan. I am a fan of many different actors. So one of them is, of course, Denzel. He's more than a fan. I wouldn't say a fan as much as I was just inspired mm -hmm. by Denzel to be, try to be great. Mm -hmm. Not everybody gets that, you know. So I would see him and just be inspired to learn more about the craft, you know. And so when I got the opportunity to meet him. Um, I first worked with him on The Siege. I was in school at the time. He did this film called The Siege. Mm -hmm. So I had this small little role in, in the film The Siege where I was this cop. Gene Hackman? Not Gene, yeah, Gene Hackman. Gene yeah, Hackman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and Denzel. And I um, spoke to Denzel in the scene. You know, I was like, oh, shit. But I didn't really meet him. And then he he directed a film I was up for, which was uh, um, Antoine Fisher's story. So I was a part of the process of the audition process, and that came down to me and other people. I don't know all the people. It went to Derek Luke, though. So I got to know him then. And then the third time was Remember the Titans. So, you know, I always say that the acting guys love me because they show me, like, they, they, they give me, they give me, they light my path in a way. Because I think if I had to just jump into a movie with them, yeah, fresh. then I probably would have been just kind of like feeling him mm -hmm. but instead i was like i crafted my own self now i'm just me i'm me too much now i can't right. like alan iverson big fan of jordan but still him. i've been looking at these videos he dropping jordan 44 43 
I'm AI. I don't think nobody gave Jordan numbers like Allen Iverson. And I'm not exaggerating. No. I don't think nobody gave him consistent numbers. I think Allen Iverson outscored Michael Jordan almost in every competition that the Bulls and Philly played, which is only a set number of times, right? Mm -hmm. Even if Mike had 41 and hey, I still I had a funny. I, I, first of all, I love Allen. I'm a I'm a, a huge. That's one of my favorite people, of course. And just I just and and his game and stuff. I just I just I'm a big fan. I love him as a person. That was the first time you saw an athlete with a baby at the stand. <laughs> Word. And you know Allen Iverson did that. Some people just do it. Let me just show you know my my lifestyle. Allen Iverson just like you you he loved that kid. He he like a love people for real. You know mm -hmm. the baby there because he loved the baby. Mm -hmm. It wasn't even so that the camera could have a baby. Now. He he was the first to do so much cool shit. Mm -hmm. He's like a he's like a a Spencer Haywood and he is a trendsetter. Just walls. And then he had to be persecuted for shit they do normally mm -hmm. now. Motherfuckers have tats like written on their grills. <laughs> yeah, fuck all you, kind of shit. I'm pro now on their face. He and said, fuck you, I'm pro I'm now. I'm a pro right here. <laughs> he had the, what he had, I mean he had whatever he had, but anyway, him and Rodman. Are people who just really stepped outside the they stepped outside the barriers. But watching the games, I watch a lot of the 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 older, older stuff just to watch it. Because when we talk about the GOAT and all that, I'd be wanting to see Mike again. Mm, you, know, you, you could forget. When I look man, at LeBron with man, no reference, forget. even me, when I look at LeBron James and some of these basketball players, the way they play now, which is just unbelievable, by the way. Uh without the reference to Michael Jordan. They do look like the best, right? Because right in that moment, they the best mm -hmm. you ever seen. Kobe Bryant um, and LeBron James are the best you ever seen in the moment, mm -hmm. and so is Michael Jordan. But when you go look back at Michael Jordan, compare him to the rest, then you start having like an evaluative process that like because I couldn't believe how quick he was. When I go look at, if you haven't been looking at Michael Jordan, go look at Michael Jordan's footage. Whether you like basketball, <laughs> go look at Michael Jordan's foot, because Michael Jordan is so inspiring to see to see him. Because it's all work. Mm -hmm. That shit is work. Yeah, that's work. Dedication. It's dedication and work. And if you you know, you know, and I like I like those players like those players like that because they're like my Denzels, where it's like you know they make me feel like I want an Oscar or something mm. like that. When an Oscar don't really matter. You know, it matters the moment and the process and the film or TV thing that you're doing. That matters. The business that you do, you support your family with this, that matters. But the trophies, those are TV shows mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But um, Denzel, um, he just is like that person. Not just Denzel. I'm using him almost like, you know, mm -hmm. it's Sidney Poitier's Denzel Washington. Right. There's, a, there's a few of them. I'm just clumping them under Denzel mm -hmm. in a sense. <laughs> right. I put Denzel at the top, but it's a little pyramid of people who, um, are inspirational because you want to be a pro. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, acting can be very hobby-like. The whole process can, because especially nowadays, technology make it so you can make the shit on your phone. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's no, there's no reason that you can't do it. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, 
elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to point game. King of the court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the One Million Black Businesses Initiative. The One Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale 1 million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field, from free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The one million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. I'm a crier. Oh, okay. So I got to ask about... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I just want to ask you about Remember the Titans. Mm-hmm. Did, it, any get, did it ever get to any moments in that movie where y'all broke down on set? Because there's a lot of real moments in that movie. Well, I mean, I, there's a scene. I, I cry in one scene on there, and that's real. Um, you know, that's a process, though, a skilled process, though. So I, I make it myself cry in that moment. But is real and they don't know the other actors like if I'm doing if I'm working with y'all right now and like I had to look like this you guys don't typically see me with like gray hair and all that let's say it was a scene and everything you would only see me pretty much like this the makeup that's done to me that would be probably the only way you saw me even if it was fro right or the whole time I'd be working with y'all I wouldn't be letting you see me 
Wood Harris necessarily, mm-hmm. you know. So in the process, uh, I forgot why, why, why I mentioned that, but in the process, I tend to be that way where I'm engaged with it so much that you're in the moment. Yeah, I'm just in the moment. Yeah, you know, like I'm not going to be um, chopping it up too much. Cause when you watch great movies, like you get into that moment too, and and I I really like I was into the movie, and I really was believing the bond that you and Batir had. You know, what oh, I'm that's saying? my boy so for real. See him now, get hit by a car, man, he's and that's dope. Man. I love that dude. You know what I'm saying? All, that dude is dope. A lot. I'm 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 super. I'm to myself kind of guy. You know what I'm saying? But. I'm blessed. I know y'all. I know people. I'm just blessed to know, man, just like great people. You know, mm-hmm. I know cool people. And I know people who I feel like um, I, ideologically, you know, I vibe with. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm lucky. I'm just a, a, a reclusive person that's just like to be by myself pretty right. much. You know? mm-hmm. Well, not likes to, but somehow that's how it goes. You appreciate it. <laughs> that's how it goes. Time. You know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, I mean, remember the Titans as far as crying and being emotional in the scenes and uh, being emotional on the set, we can't because in between action and cut, you know, it's only about 45 seconds. Mm-hmm. You're mastering, you know, this little component of time that's small within the space. So, like, you know, they say action is 45 seconds, maybe 60 seconds of a before you say cut. You just want that. No matter what you're doing on the outside of that minute of time or 45 seconds to a minute of time, you want to be able to be relaxed and committed and prepare memorization, whatever else, characterization, whatever else, for that 60 seconds. Some motherfuckers could, you know, go drink, chill. They say, action, we'd be right into it. Or they can be, you know, dancing and shit. Like, I'm not going to do none of that necessarily. But some people just go get on their phones and shit and just, okay, right now I'm doing fucking Candy Crush and shit. They said, action, we'd be right into it, you know. I'm not really like that. So for me and for each individual, you do find your you find your rhythm. You know what I'm saying? Some actors, they can drink, they can smoke, they can do whatever, and they still can do a great job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's similar with sports. Yeah. You know it, what I mean? Some it, people yeah. have to lock in, be quiet, don't talk, headphones, mm-hmm. whatever. Some people are rapping, talking shit, texting. It's, but as long as you, whatever works for you, yeah. really. I probably would have the headphones on in that situation. You know, and I probably would have the headphones on. In the corner, yeah. listening to music. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of, I mean, it's different. Like I but said, I would be cool, though. I would come back right. up, say whatever, boom, 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 and then just get in my in. zone. Yeah, get locked yeah, yeah. in. Everybody yeah. get locked in different. Because that's that 60 seconds. On the court, too, it was 40, 40 minutes, 48 minutes or so. It's an hour, not even, of time to master, you know. And if you put it into that perspective, then, you know, then you want to do the best you can in that moment, you know, in that moment. So I've, I've sort of like programmed myself over the years to just commit to that 60 seconds of time, especially I'm playing Spencer Haywood, uh, Julius uh, from Remember the Time. They're real people. Mm-hmm. Avon from The Wire is a real yeah. person. Ace from uh, Payton Fool is a real person. Right. Jimi Hendrix is a real person. I met, right. I met all the people, the families, and mm-hmm. I met the living people, you know. So it feels like there's something, you know, I don't want to do a disservice to these people, you know. So I do feel like there is pressure for me to be, you know, um, highly engaged. So I don't really hobnob around all that much. Mm-hmm. Even during the process, while I've been shooting this Laker thing, we shot, we've been shooting for months now, several months. I don't feel like I can do much of anything else. Same with Broadway. On Broadway, you have to memorize the entire play. So, you know, when you're doing your scenes, 
you're going to come in with your day planned out. Your day is planned out and memorized. And the stuff you have memorized, like I said, it's only going to be, you know, 60 seconds of stuff. You can go do that and you can figure out everything you need for that 60 seconds mm -hmm. of stuff. Why not? Why wouldn't you be able to do that? You know what I'm saying? So when you're doing that, uh, you want to highly uh, commit yourself to it. All the processes that you already did, your preparation matters so much, you know. So for me, I, 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 I tend to just keep it to myself. Mm -hmm. Paid in full. Another classic, uh, again, portraying a real-life person. Mm -hmm. um, what was it like working with that team of people, uh, the people who brought the project together, Dame and the crew, and, again, looking back on it being another culture classic? Mm -hmm. you got the gold BBSs on this shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, it's just like I'm super blessed to be in all this stuff. Just to hear you saying it back to me, it's a lot of classic stuff, you know? All right. Paid in full, um, I, you know, it's, it's, it's beautiful to me, paid in full, because it matters to people. Man, still. To this I guy. just love that it, the stuff that we're talking about actually matters Resonates. to people. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah, and um, helps out people. Like, I was walking my dog the other day, and this, this cat came up to me. Oh, man, I wish I could remember his name, because he's going to see this and probably, like, wish I remembered his <laughs> name. But he came, just random cat on the street, and... Uh, he stopped me and he was just like, man, you know, you got me off the street with paid in full. And, mm. and this happened to me before, you know, that's it wasn't crazy. the first time, but that's what I mean. You know, it's, I'm just, man, I feel blessed to be that type of a personality that could have an influence like that. That's really good. Like, I'm going to do a master class in the prisons. I'm going to tell you this, no, you guys, this is ahead of time. I'm going to do this. We're gonna, it's going to be filmed and all that. It's a master class with the prison acting people with oh, people really? who act in prison which is in prison the lowest recidivism rate is that class of people people who engage with theater in prison mm -hmm. so i'm just going to do a master class and that's beautiful because you yeah. know common did uh what did he do a studio what did common do a music studio a music studio and i'm gonna make sure we we we, we it's just gonna be dope it's gonna I be something it. we do it's gonna be episodic I'm make sure we make some episodes out of it because i think it could just be something it's important Exactly. It's important, so, man. It's, yeah, important. it's gonna be fun too. It's gonna be fun yeah. because I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see some of the stuff. Like it's gonna be dope. It's gonna be dope. Mm, what was it like working with Cameron and uh, Makai? Oh man, I love them. They're my bros. You know, I'm, I'm lucky to have chemistry with them cats. You know, like easy chemistry with Makai. Makai like my bro for real. I already knew Makai prior to paid in full. Um. Makai helped me out in the process some. I don't know if he even remembers, but early on in the process, he gave me some uh, Don Diva magazines and stuff because I didn't really know much about uh, about Ace, mm -hmm. right? And um, Or AZ is his real name. And um, so when I started to learn it, I was like, oh, wow, this is an opportunity. This is like, this is a great opportunity. And it's a real story. It's a true mm -hmm. story. Um, Charles Stone, who directed it, had done like a lot of the Tribe Called Quest videos. So I knew he, the approach was going to not just be That's a simple you, right. approach. I knew he was going to be a, an imaginative director, you know. And, um, and then when I met AZ, it really sealed the, it sealed the kind of, it sealed the cap on it all. And then we started to film the, the process of meeting Cameron. Cameron was in character. So, you know, <laughs> y'all know who the character was. So Cameron was in character. Yeah. So, you know, 
I got stories, you know. I, I got a lot hey, of love give for Cameron. Uh, come on, I want to hear some stories because he was on one in that movie. Let me see. Can I tell a story? Rico, Let me go Rico. to my Cameron story, see Rico. if I can tell a Cameron story. Panamanian cat, Puerto Rican cat. What's the Spanish? point of having soldiers if you ain't going to use them? Yeah. Fuck this Kermit the Frog. I can't tell a Cameron story. I can't even tell a Cameron story. I can't tell no story. That's my my dog. I respect that. I I can't tell no Cameron stories on this. Hell no. But the process was was dope. Charles Stone, the way he is, he's a pretty magical director. He's seamless. Like you don't feel him there. I'll, I'll tell you something that happened on the set with Cameron. There's a scene in the movie where you see we on the block, New York. Camera and see this dude drive up, and it's supposed to be dry on the streets in terms of drugs. It's dry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the dude say something to camera. Camera goes to the window. Drag him out. Still on him. Pull, pull him, him out. out the car. So that's not scripted like that, you know. And he actually tagging the boy. Oh, he, oh, he really. Yeah, he's supposed to just like right. he's supposed to open the door. I mean, you know, I mean, he ain't supposed to do that. It just says, you know, you know, gets him out of the car. Cameron, Takes his acting himself, was right? there. So that's what I mean. He was committed. He was. He was. He was not just being Cameron. Like, you know, Cameron is 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 different than that portrayal. That was a a really great portrayal of 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 uh, of the character who he was supposed to be, mm-hmm. Alpo. Yeah. So, do you realize? I don't know. Like, like we always talk about you in the middle of it, but do you realize how many movies that are our culture classics that you're a part of? I do now in these moments. But yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't do just, I don't really think about it so much. That's a big part of our show. We give people our flowers. I appreciate it. Yeah. No, I do appreciate it. You don't, I don't, if you don't know, now you should know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do realize because, like, in this the moment. different soundtracks that we grow up to, like there's a lot of movies that you in that's like the soundtrack to our lives, bro. That's crazy. And you realize too, like, <laughs> that's crazy. hey, when I, when, I, when I hit you the other day for the show and I put it in the chat, Jack was, ex- Jack don't get excited for no one. We've been blessed to have everybody and Jack, he was excited to have you and it's just dope. like, like it's really, we really fuck with you as a coach and to me, like I said, I mean, I, obviously you get your respect but I just think you're underrated from a standpoint of what you've done for us as a culture. You know what I mean? And not just us, just for mm-hmm, everybody, mm-hmm. but, you know, and particularly us. It's it's just an honor to be able to, you know, me getting a chance to know you a couple of years ago. And we was, you know, we was chopping up the whole black... Creed. Remember? Yeah. And Creed. I do Creed 3. Creed yeah. 3, shout Creed, out. Creed, yeah. Michael the Creed Jordan, shit. My guy, I remember I was, I was in you with, with uh, Tony Jeffries so, in Santa Monica trying to teach yeah. you how to be a trainer. Shout remember? out we Tony Jeffries. Yeah, shout out Tony. He hit me on the uh, yeah. DMs the we other day. We did some boxing training because I had to learn the training aspect of the yeah. boxer, not the boxer aspect. So Tony Jeffries, shout out, was... Working with me and Matt for a day over it, like in where we, Santa, Santa Monica, Monica. Here, mm-hmm. yeah, here, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, so that was that was. But then we was talking cool. about too the whole before the whole Black Panther thing came to life with Ryan mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm. I said I was like, what? I got an idea. I got some people. Let's do this, man." And yeah. pitched the whole plan, and it yeah, was and crazy, it came into man. fruition. Like All you were saying, it. it's like yeah. I mean, you basically Talk told me for, like right verbatim everything that then occurred. With regards to <laughs> all of that, including Ryan, Ryan was in yeah. the story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you were definitely ahead of the ahead of the pack with yeah. your idea about that. We had some, but it, I mean, it, it ended up working out. Definitely ended up working out. Oh, Avon Barksdale. Yeah, <laughs> The Wire. Yeah, y'all know I was gonna get excited about that. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I think um, with me. The reason why I fell in love with Dwyer and your character and the whole thing was because I grew up in that type of environment. Mm-hmm. 
You know what I'm saying? The, the dope game, the projects, the killing, the robbing, the setups, the backstabbing, the whole nine, police, all that. So when I was able to see y'all bring this to TV, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And constantly make it real life scenarios. Like it, it was big for people in our demographic. You know what I'm saying? How did you bring Avon Barksdale to life? And what was your thoughts when you got that role? Well, when I got that role, um, I think the first two people that they really assigned to be like who were uh who were cast were me and Idris. So no mm-hmm. one knew Idris at the time. And um and I didn't either, but the casting director was so happy about we too that I was like, man, I didn't know what was going on. I I had done, I think, remember the Titans right before that or something like that. So I was in this other state of mind. Sometimes you get involved in characters, you be still floating in there in their in their vibe, you know, mm-hmm. before you get back to your own vibe or whatever. But and so that's what took me back to my vibe. It's more like, you know, I'm from the same type of environment. So <clears throat> um I didn't know much about Baltimore. I had never really been there. But when you hear Maryland, it don't sound like no bad place, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Baltimore, Maryland. Doesn't that sound nice? I remember thinking, okay, I'm gonna be there. We're gonna shoot the wire, it's probably gonna be. The Baltimore is special, special place. It needs a lot of attention, you know, like uh, Baltimore could use some good attention. In real life. In real life. I mean, just the city itself. And back then, for sure, when I I was filming there, I mean, it needed like a lot of attention. Um, It was a neglected city. And so I um, I commuted a lot. So did Idris for some, a lot of the time that we were there, commuted from New York. Mm -hmm. I think he commuted from New Jersey or something like that. Um, and, uh, cause when you're there, you know, Baltimore was so, you just would feel like you needed to be a part of something more than television. So I needed to be in character, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I didn't need to try to be, you know, activistic. I, I am, you know, you know, so I wanted to be, um, I was excited about doing a series. I had never done a series and then. No, no one in the cast was more famous or less famous or anything. Right. You know? So it was cool. We were able to just have like a real brotherliness that we still have. Just mm-hmm. um, and a lot of like love for each other. I just posted a picture of me and Idris, and just put on a wire gang for life. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's Ooh. hard. And Michael B. Jordan said, "Gang, gang, 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 gang." gang yeah. You dig? And, and, and Hassan Johnson and Andre Royo, of course. My man, Michael K. Williams, who I love so much. And um, Idris and all of us, you know. I just love Mike a lot, though. I kind of got to, you know, not go there too much because, yeah, yeah, Mike was a special person in general. And like I said, you know, when you're close and in person with these person, people, it's different than people watching five players on the court. You know what I'm saying? They don't know y'all talking in the locker room. They don't even know y'all talking in the locker room. Period. They don't even think about that. When, y'all, when, when, when an athlete walks through the tunnel, the shit turns the channel. You know, it's all, it, it, you know, What's next? Yeah. Yeah. They don't even know that there's the moments of unlacing the shoe where you sit next to your man, you do that all the time, and y'all talk about life. And so that's what's good about the Lakers series that I'm doing. Hmm. Now, it, it really does go into um, their lives, and like it's almost like being a you know a fly on the wall type of way. Mm-hmm. So and it's epic, epically shot in film, in film. So 
with the wire being as trendsetting and historical as it was, and the the the, the cast you just named to not be recognized um, during these award seasons, how tough was that for that for you guys? Oh, at the time, I don't think we were even concerned about it. We just were. The everybody was yeah. We were just like yeah. I mean, it had good feedback, but also. Um, none of us were from Baltimore. So, you know, we all had to be in Baltimore. You know, we were just in this sort of bubble in a sense. We, And I think that, at least myself, I didn't really think about the show and the show. I didn't think about um, the magnitude of something. I just was just thinking about just doing it. I wasn't thinking about what could be. I'm really never, I'm never thinking about what could be from something. Mm-hmm. But what happens is cool to feel in the moment without, uh, you know, giving my mind a direction. So I'm just playing that game with myself for many, for a long time mm-hmm. to just be able to not impregnate my, my I- ideas to give myself an outcome. So, yeah, like I, But you know. still with, I mean, with that said, and I respect that approach, I mean, Again, as we sit back and kind of listen or list what you've been a part of, I know as athletes, we never really get a chance to really appreciate it because it's always what's next, next game, next season, how many right. seasons are we going to be able to play. Right. Similar, I mean, you're going to act that. until that's you it. don't want to act. You know it. what I mean? So it, do you? It, it's, it's the same? I would say that's good, yes. It, it's it's much like that, you know, you, where you are you're, you, you're segregating life. Okay, the athlete is something, the artist is something different than – perception most of the time people don't see the totality of who we are very often at all so so it's difficult sometimes to be able to see yourself you know um and really own yourself because you know the, the phone makes us talk in the mirror a lot you know we're just talking in the fucking mirror when you really don't talk in the mirror that much and when you do you catch yourself talking in the mirror <laughs> so I don't know. We live in different times, though, where I like older days, you know, pay phones and shit. <laughs> pay phones. 25-cent pay phones. Mm-hmm. But it is what it is. What about your upbringing in Chicago helped you in a few different roles that that, that you've kind of mastered over your career? Any character was that was from the street, you can always tell when somebody can't hoop and they're doing a basketball player or they... You know, they're really not that tough or they're not mm-hmm. from the street. They don't even know nobody tough and they're playing a tough guy or being some kind of street or they don't know anything about drugs or they've never been in the dark the dark side of the moon, like I said. They well, don't not really know what that's like. Mm-hmm. And so for any roles like that, then I think I'm, uh, I've always felt confident. or what, It just gives me confidence already because I'm like, well, I'm from there. Like what Above the Rim my brother was like, man, this is perfect for you. It's like basketball and like, you know, it's urban, right? It's street. And so the audition, not to go all the way back to it, but the audition had me playing basketball at one point. And then, you know, actors, they, they some of them can play now, Most but of them back trash. then, yeah, like total trash. So like anybody who showed up, I'm flying through them. <laughs> Literally the director came up to me, he's like, two fingers. You got the role. <laughs> literally, <laughs> Jeffrey Pollard, rest in peace. He, he, he. Uh, that's literally happened. He ran on the court, 
Because the stuff I did in the movie, I was just doing it right there because that's yeah. just how I play basketball. You're really hooping, though. Yeah. I'm, but they were slobs, so I'm I'm pulling T-Max off the glass, literally, like t macking yeah. off the glass. Cause, um, <laughs> and so he ran on the court. Then I, I remember going home because I lived in New York at the time. I'm on the A train, and I just got this role in the movie. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like how is this going to be, you know? So I'm about to go tell my mom I got this role in this movie, and you go tell these people, and it's almost like it's just not real until the first check is cut. Even in the pros, like I went pro, but then it's very real when the first check is cut. First and the fifteenth. Yeah, it's professional when the work is there, you know. But I was just telling us, I was like, nobody knew that. I was like, man, I just told y'all I got a movie, and nobody gave a damn. Like damn near. And later on that day, that night. I leave the crib, I go to this bodega, just so I can put in perspective for y'all synergy of things, right? So I leave the crib, I go to the bodega. And at this time, I'm living in Midtown, New York, so I'm living up the street from where Pac got shot, right? I lived up the street from where he got shot the first time. For our studios? Yeah, right yeah. I live on 40, uh, 49th, between 8th and 9th, right up the street. So I, uh, I go to the bodega. Who I run into? Marlon Wayans. Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't know me. I had no films at all. But he had seen me because he'd been to the production office and they had my picture on, picture the, wall. on the wall. Yeah. So Marlon, funny dude, he's, I don't know if Marlon, I'm, I'm sure he remembers, maybe not, but he came up to me in the bodega and said, yo, you Motar in the movie. And I was shocked. I was like, yo, this is real. I, this is real. Like running into people time and time again, meeting people along the way who end up actually accomplishing the goals. Like I knew uh, Omari Hardwick a long time ago, mm-hmm. you know, and he, he came up to me randomly and was like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm about to do that. Mm-hmm. And then like two years later, he was in the uh, a movie with me, <laughs> with me, you know what I'm saying? Like two years after seeing him on the street, just coming up and like, you know what? And it happens a lot. And most of the time, the people don't really end up, you know, you don't end up seeing them two years later. Right. And they don't end up being on the series power and all that kind of stuff so hmm. it's just synergy around the whole thing that you do like when you know what but it, it always boggles my mind when i hear athletes talk about other athletes that they know growing up that seems like the weirdest thing like harden and like westbrook to get like growing up around each other or being around each other in each other's lives it's, it's it seems like so bizarre, but you guys know each other forever already. Mm-hmm. You're competing against somebody you saw. Mm-hmm. Teenager. Yeah, Maybe before they had anything, mm-hmm. right? Man, it's weird to go from, I always tell them, especially nowadays, it didn't used to be so much so, but the NBA is like a lottery ticket. I mean, like a, a financial lottery ticket. That's, like that's, a, what, that's what you say, though. Yeah, it, it really is. I it's hit the lottery, like, yeah. Like, yeah, you actually hit the fucking, like, and some of them be mega balls, right? Cats mm-hmm. be getting the mega ball, the too. Like, ball. The hundo shit. The hundo is a That's the weirdest thing. I don't understand how they deal with that as young people. Like, because I don't think I could deal with that as a young person. I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't. I wasn't even making that much and I couldn't deal with it. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if I would do, I don't mean, I just couldn't imagine being with that much money 60 million, 80 million, 100 million. Try one. 20 years old. Just try one (laughs) at 18, 19. Well, I yeah, was out, oh, yeah, I was out of 18 control. and 19 is ridiculous. I was out of control. Back to uh, The Wire. As you say, you've played a lot of real-life characters. How important was it for you and the rest of the cast to embody, like you said, no one was from Baltimore. How important was it to body the the, the essence and, and, and the grind of Baltimore? I mean, very, very important. 
but the essence of it came from the writing. Because when you when you watch The Wire, you're almost seeing a verbatim. You know, a lot of it is exactly the script. You know, at least for me, it's exactly the script all the time. When you see me in something, it's probably exactly the script. You know, mm-hmm. so um, I'm sure uh, um, you know other characters do other things, but mm-hmm. for the most part. The writing is the essence of it. It's so well written by David Simon and so well directed by really the crew, not necessarily the, the directors rotate on a TV series. It's not typical to have one director for the entire series. It's rare. I think True Detective did that season when they had one director for the entire season, HBO show uh, True Detective. But um, typically, another director, another director. You got ten episodes. You might have five directors, or maybe you have ten directors, uh, depending on the contract that each director has. So, on the wire, um, the essence is really—it's well done in all those ways, all the technical ways. Is the essence is in the script, the words themselves. Um, they lived it. David Simon was uh, writing in Baltimore. He created part of the creation with the corner. So they knew that stuff extremely well. They knew the ins and outs of it. Um, like anybody else that knew the in and out perfectly knew knew something. And so I give it up to them because they they um they they gave us that material, you know. Um and then they gave us a lot of freedom too, because sometimes you do a series and um especially when people know it's really good, a lot of chiefs come out and want to take like <laughs> they just want to be a part of this good mm-hmm. thing, you know. But it never really happened like that in in my case. Um, it was always just um, family like. It's just it's a it's a real cool experience, you know. You're able to be yourself. When I say family, you should be able to be yourself at home, you know. So when I say family, I mean like that, where you know Idris could act like Idris, Wood could be Wood. No, there's no um, energy of celebrity. No egos. What's it like to see a young Michael B. Jordan and then to see kind of follow his career and see him blossom into the actor he is today? Just amazing, man. Just amazing, man. And the person that he is in genu- more genuinely. Important. Yeah, more importantly, like, it, you know, no one deserves that more than somebody like him, a personality like his. And Mike is the genuine great person, a great guy. Um, watching him, like, mature. It's just amazing. I mean, you know, he was on The Wire. So I think Mike was maybe 16, maybe 15, 16, I think, on The Wire, maybe 15, something like that. And um, he's got, like, laser focus. So, you know, if somebody had a superpower, his focus, he's able to just, like, focus, I think, as a young person, too, especially as a 16-year-old. And when I say that, I mean, because he could, he could say... He, and he's humble enough to be like, all right, like you, like a big bro. You and Idris, y'all my big bros. That's it. Boom. I ain't afraid to ask. Bro, cool. mm-hmm. That's two big, cool big bros to have mm-hmm. because Idris is his own self too. Mm-hmm. And I'm my own self. I'm not going to act like nobody else. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be me. And that's it. There's nothing, there's nothing else to be. So watching him become the sexiest man, <laughs> watching him be, you know, suited up, watching them be have such incredible I mean I think the largest success you can kind of have in 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 the world <laughs> at least in acting mm-hmm. in film uh, in film and television is just awesome you know it's just awesome if I didn't know him at all I'd be like damn 
This dude got a lot going on, you know. But knowing him and being able to see it all is just special. And then if you know him, you guys, I'm sure y'all met him. If not, he's down-to-earth regular guy. Just a regular guy with all that stuff to his in his mm -hmm. treasure chest. You, know? you would never know. Yeah, you wouldn't really know. A genuinely humble, well-raised individual. Mm -hmm. BMF, Pat, it's another good show, uh, you know, executive produced by 50. Mm -hmm. um, talk to us a little bit about what drew you to that role and just, you know, what you knew about BMF going into the situation. I knew about BMF going into the situation just uh, over the years because it's notorious and well, infamous. we all know. Yeah. So I, I didn't know in depth. I knew the names. I knew the activities. I didn't know a lot of the stories. I didn't know about Pat. You know, I didn't know a, a Pat character. Um, but I'm from Chicago near Detroit, and um, it's kind of a built-in rivalry we have. So, you know, we won't be checking for the gangsters like that. We got enough gangsters mm -hmm. in Chicago of our mm -hmm. own, you know? Yeah. So I never was um, drawn to go like in-depth and learn more about BMF until I got this uh, situation. Well, what made me want to do it, my brother's in it, mm -hmm. number one. Is this the first time you guys got to work together on a, on a project? It's not the first time. Okay. We worked together. It's the first time like this where we're opposing each other. We okay. actually played brothers before on a TV series called uh, Justified. Um yeah, justified. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, but um, so working with my brother, working with uh, Fifty, who I'm friends with, um, at the time I was looking to have some work to do with Fifty because people talk to me like, "Well, how come you ain't do you know nothing with Fifty and Power and all?" They want to see me just be gangster, gangster, gangster. <laughs> Where it's just like I just don't want to do that so right. much, you know. But this opportunity I thought was a good opportunity to do something different with a gangster personality you know mm -hmm. after a while you know you just be doing the same stuff you know Gangs and I'm not out. interested in I mean it's true story so you can it's going to be a different person you know but if it's a fictional gangster story I'm not so interested in mm -hmm. it necessarily you know I got like an email that just got gangster scripts in it <laughs> so throw um, <laughs> one so, to me let me fuck it up you know what I'm saying <laughs> exactly so you know but 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 no but I love I, lo I mean I love that world I would rather still do that than to be playing like the good guys so to speak because it's definitely more fun to portray the bad guy mm -hmm. definitely it's just more fun it's mm -hmm. more fun to be the bad guy in real life it's more fun to portray the bad guy in real life mm -hmm. uh, 50 Getting involved, I knew that, you know, it would um it'd be cool to be around 50. 50's energy is a real building energy, you know. Um, at least with me, you know, have a good um friendship with him. And um and Tasha Smith, who 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 is a producer and director also, she actually I've known her for a long time too, so I knew all the people involved. And that's when I spoke to them, Russell Hornsby, who's the um his plays his father on the show. Mm -hmm. I just I knew like all him. the people, so mm -hmm. it was a no-brainer in a sense, you know. Um Yeah. No, I like it. It's his it's what the third the third episode just dropped. Mm -hmm. Um, you mentioned something import uh important and I and I wanted to touch on it. You've been typecast on me instead of bad way, but you just played a lot of street legend gangster mm -hmm. roles. 
do you ever get tired of it? Or is it hard for you to step out of that role and be seen in a different light earlier on in your career? Not now, obviously, you're proven, but was it was it hard to get out of that lane at all? Um, I don't know. You know, I like I um, I'm I'm so in my own bubble that I just never really engaged with the idea of me so much. So I'm just now engaging with the idea of how I'm perceived, you know? Mm -hmm. So I don't really watch the stuff I'm in. I don't really like interesting. listen to So, you know, my bubble is like, not a bubble, it's more like a force field, you know, because I, I like anonymity. I, here's the thing. You're famous. I'm famous. Or we're known out here, visibly known by our face alone. And that's just no anonymity. There's a negative to it. To me, some people like it because they, they want to be on the red carpets and shit like that. But I don't. You know, I don't want to be on it, you know? Um, so it just made me a lot more reclusive than I probably would have been if I wasn't a famous or mm -hmm. recognizable face. I don't even like saying it. I don't like saying it. Don't be you know? right. I, I'm self-conscious about that. You know, when Mike when Mike died, I realized something. I'm here now, and I'm able to be. Typically, I don't even know if I could even do this stuff. I'm more nervous doing this than I am my job. You know, wow. because I um I'm just talking about me, and I, I don't really talk about me. <laughs> I just don't. <laughs> I don't. But Mike made. I realized I was, Mike lived with like a lot of a lot of um uplifted energy and spirit. This uplifted, like he could go to like Mike K Williams. I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. He could go to like a park in Brooklyn, random park. They got the music playing and just sort of dance with everybody. And it made me realize that I'm kind of like an ostrich in a sense where, you know, you stick your head in the ground and you don't realize your body's out anyway, bro. I can't, mm -hmm. you can't like un, you can't, be, your anonymity is something that is gone for real. It's like a death. So I don't know. I, um, it just makes me a lot more reclusive. And I don't know to hide. I just, like the way it feels to be not famous. That's all. But you can't you can't undo. You, you can't, can't undo. Unfamed. You can't become un, you know, you can't undo it. Especially me. I don't even I'm tattered on people and it's remarkable how um much stuff is of me, you know, to me. People send me me tatted on them. Like tons of it. You know, it's not me, it's the character though. Mm -hmm. I understand it's the character. But still me. But it's you. I'm that <laughs> I'm that face. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I'm literally that face. So, you know, that gets to me. So I just ignore it. Mm. So I'm better off because of it. it. Makes me feel just like I felt when I was 18 and unfamous. Until somebody at the red light is saying something to me or I'm doing an interview. I don't really I don't really think about it. Mm. You know, I try not to. At this point in your career, anyone else you still want to work with that you haven't worked with yet? Uh, I mean, it's a lot of people, you know. I um, I can't think of anyone off the top, you know, that I I would definitely just. I mean, I, mean, I always want to work with a lot of different talent. I not work with like somebody like somebody. Sean Penn is mm. just amazing. Uh, I'm a Lawrence Fishburne. I I work with Lawrence Fishburne in one capacity, but I would like to work with him um, on another in another way. Lorenz Tate, mm -hmm. he's a friend of mine. I mean, these are people are my fr friends, you know, or Lorenz is. And so I would like to work with Lorenz and Makai again, see what we did come up with again. Mm -hmm. um, I'd like to work with Charles Stone again, see what we come up with. 
something different to show range, you know. Um, I can't think of any too many more individuals. I mean, Jeffrey Wright, Don Cheadle. Mm. Yeah, I love all those guys. I love them. You know what I'm saying? They 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 show you the spirit of like. Um, they keep the high energy up to make you want to be good and great at what you do. So I like I like them a lot. I want to work with those cats. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Moments like my daughter telling me a new joke mean a lot to me. But after being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer, or MBC, which is breast cancer that is spread to other parts of the body, they mean even more. I take Ibrance, Palpocyclib. Ibrance 125 milligram tablets with an aromatase inhibitor is for adults with HR positive HER2 negative NBC as the first hormonal based therapy. Ask your doctor about Ibrance and visit Ibrance.com. Ibrance may cause low white blood cell counts that may lead to serious infections. Ibrance may cause severe inflammation of the lungs. Both of these can lead to death. Tell your doctor right away if you have new or worsening symptoms, including trouble breathing, shortness of breath, cough, or chest pain. Before taking Ibrance, tell your doctor if you have fever, chills, or other signs of infection, liver or kidney problems, are or plan to become pregnant, or are breastfeeding. Common side effects include low red blood cell and low platelet counts, infections, tiredness, nausea, sore mouth, abnormalities in liver blood tests, diarrhea, hair thinning or loss, vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite. Do you think it's possible to do a reboot of Above the Rim, a West Coast version of that? Or is that the kind of... Is this your idea? Are you, are you, are you, I'm just are you popping off on me? You I'm popping off? You letting it pop? Bang, bang, hey, bang, bang, bang. Are you like shots Every fired in this Every moment of the day is something going on, bro. Yeah, I'm always thinking. <clears throat> do you think this? Uh, Yeah, man. It's all about how you do it. How, or how it's done. How it's done. Yeah, how it's done. Definitely, because imagine like, you get a, I mean, it's so easy to do. Like, like a Kendrick go plays get a, 30. Kendrick is dope. As fuck. Kendrick was dope on power, actually. Mm-hmm. He was. Kendrick mm-hmm. is a dope, dope, human dope, being. dope, dope. Yeah, dope yeah. human being. If you can get Kendrick to do something, do it. Be birdie. Yeah. And then 
Yeah, got Kendrick doing that. That'd be dope. And just craft it up, make it up dope. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. You should work on that. <laughs> That's your idea, <laughs> so what's it like a normal you know we have our routines as and you kind of test this a little bit as athletes what a game day is like for us you know for me i would go to shoot around i come home smoke a joint take a nap shower go to a game what's a what's a a, a work day for you days be so long you know like um shooting schedules be you know minimum of 12 hours so with covid um, it's extended to more like 13 and a half hours because you have to get, test every day and you have to um, wait for an hour of tests. So, like, say, if you got a 5 o'clock call, now you got, like, a three, 5 a.m., mm-hmm. now you're, like, 4 a.m., mm-hmm. 3.30. Add another hour. Yeah, add another it. hour or so. So it ain't no life. You know, it's not like a life. You know, like, it's just that you just do that. You just go home. You, I be wired. I, I pretty much juiced up on four hours so I try to get in a light life in two hours or whatever or yeah but that shit don't lot. work so well yeah I, I go watch you motherfuckers and watch a few different things <laughs> and try to catch up in life you yeah know? see what's going on in the sports, world sports like yeah so 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 I watch mostly sports documentaries and stuff so I go find out what's going on ESPN or some shit and go to sleep man that's really it what was your favorite role this far mm, that's hard been a lot. I don't know. I don't know, man. That's a hard one too. It is hard to answer. I don't think I had a favorite one, but I think probably like the Jimi Hendrix thing was dope because it's just so off kilter. Even when I hear myself say it, it's like, damn, I can't believe I did that. Like, yeah. And then I, I play guitar left handed. I learned a lot from Jimi Hendrix. So I met his father, uh, I met his his uh, sister, his brother. Um, I mean, not his sister, his niece, his brother. Um, just to have anything to do with that part is really the most interesting thing I think about me because it makes sense for you to see me in Above the Rim, but it don't really make sense for you to see me as Jimmy Hendrix. Mm-hmm. And then that process was dope. I, like I said, I learned the guitar. I um, I made, secluded myself and I got to rent this little house in Los Feliz and just at the bottom of this damn hill. And, I just was in that motherfucker alone, just yeah, zoning out, trying to figure out Jimmy Hendrix without the drugs, because there's so much drug folklore about him. And then come learn the truth, he wasn't really no drug head like that. But at that era, he was a typical person, that's all. But being a rock and roll figure, then that was amplified, you know, media-wise. It was sort of blown out. All the rocksters were blown out to be sort of like drug heads. And when I learned he wasn't just no incredible drug head, like they, they spread that information uh, false information. Um, I really got into him a lot, you know. Um, so he, he he really changed my life. I'm already a musical person, so he made me even more musical. Um, yeah, and I'm lyrical. He makes me lyrical with a delivery and a role. So I, I, I like I'll, I'll see a role, and now at this level, I'll be try to be lyrical, you know, like rather than just to say the lines. You can say the lines and mean it and you still can sound good. But intonation, going up and down, range, voice, tone, just architecture of, the, of a role. You're taking these notes. Mm-hmm. You're dropping gems mm-hmm. right to you. you see, I'm, I'm listening. Sta- I, think it's sta- I think it's stages of that. Like I don't think that's necessary. Um, I'm having just fun doing it, but that's not necessary, you know. 
you can just catch the feeling of a, of the lines and deliver the line. It'll have the lyric in it because, you know, you could feel the lines. But so. you also have a great control if you're able to do that within the line, though. Right. Precisely. So you want to be able to do that. Like, if there was a story about y'all that two cats had to go do a movie and act this out, mm -hmm. right? Be y'all on the set and, and just be y'all right now. It's a way to be you and sound like you and a way to sound like you that's very... Um, you don't have to wing it. In other words, you know, I can sound like you. You can study us. And I can study you and I can talk like you because, you know, you, we, you, want me, you want me to try to imitate you? Matt, <laughs> I don't want to do it. I can imitate you both. I would be off. But take a person like Godfrey, who I grew up with. God. Godfrey's from Chicago, too. I've known Godfrey. Super talented. Childhood, right? So um, uh, it's kind of what he's doing. You know, he's able to catch the speed that you talk because you talk fast. Do you know you talk mm -hmm. fast, Matt? Yeah. You do? Mm -hmm. And you still don't I slow down? Slow, huh? I try to slow it down. You try that's to why, slow that's down? why I smoke so much. I try to slow down. It just don't work. Oh, this is the slow. I got to smoke more. He's like, <laughs> but you talk, and it's not just fast. You have um, distinct patterns to the way you speak. So when you talk, you might say like, so when you was doing this, then I can hear like, put the words behind that. and After a while, I'll be talking like you. But so you can, um, and same with you, you know, you just first, I would just see what rhythmically you sounded like because you have a cadence that, you know, it's a drum that you go to, both of y'all. So mm -hmm. find that. And then I know how y'all are as individuals so I can understand beyond the technical part. So I can lay it back now, can lay it back and not just be a generic version of right. Matt or a generic version mm -hmm. of you or a caricature of you. I could probably be a lot more genuine to you and the process mm -hmm. and feel good about it. You know what I'm saying? So, Which character, you know, obviously picking, you You said Jimmy, but picking one is hard. What character are you still recognized the most by, would you say? Uh, it's probably... Um, Ace? It's it probably Ace, or if it's not Ace, it's then Avon. Mm -hmm. But I would think it would probably be Ace only because of the tattoos and carpets and furniture and t-shirts and so much stuff gym shoes and really? there's so much stuff on that mm -hmm. you would just be surprised painful like, it has a whole universe that the wire has but it's different it's just different current nba what teams are you watching players are you checking out well i'm watching i'm watching everything now so i'm watching all the early stuff that i can I, you know man i'm a mellow fan mm. man, i'm talking about uh, east coast mellow young mellow young mellow He's pretty cold blooded to me. I like. I'm. Mean, he's like must see. I think John Moran is must see mm. in terms of the young fellas. Um, it's a lot of critical stuff going on in NBA. I mean, critical too, meaning it's stuff you can criticize and talk about. Not that it's urgent because it's basketball. How urgent could it be? But it is critical in terms of Brooklyn the Nets. So I wanted to see that team and what they mature to be. It looks like they won't have Kyrie, so it's going to be a different thing going on over there for the most part, at least for now. Um, the Lakers lost every, I think, preseason game, so that don't feel good. You know, I know that they're, they're all veterans and all. You guys are probably like, yeah, we don't give a shit. They're going to be amazing. But from a fan standpoint, you're like, man, you know, every game, though? Mm -hmm. Every game? Because Kobe, Shaq, Carl Malone, and Gary Payton is a super duper team too. Older, 
is that going to happen? So in my head is like, is that going to happen? I don't think LeBron will let that happen because I just think that, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I'm curious about the team now because history repeats itself too. If you believe that, then here we go again as far as Shaq, Carl Malone, mm-hmm. Gary Payton, and the great, this ain't, this ain't, this is Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. This is, put 60 on you, Kobe. And they didn't have no success. So, and we know it wasn't the talent that made the success not happen because Carl Malone, he can, who could stop Carl Malone? I'm not even talking about Kobe Bryant. Who could stop Carl Malone? Like, right. he was a monster. Great defense. Look at that team defensively. I don't know what's gonna happen with the Lakers. I am rooting. I am rooting for them. I, I'm, you know, I'm living out here. I, I root, I'm rooting for them. I'm a Bulls fan because I'm from Chicago. That's where my heart is. I love the way the Bulls look. Yeah, they built uh, a nice little team man, over there. Zoe looks so good mm-hmm. in the I'm happy shot. For him. I was I'm happy like, for him too. And he playing like his bro. Like he, I think Zoe, like he got all this. He got everything that both his brothers have. He's the oldest. He got everything they have. But he's utility. He uses, I think, his head differently. If he click over a little mellow, a little zoo. More free. Yeah, playing just, like his little and brother. And he's doing it now. Yeah, he's playing he like his little bro. Just free. Who got Mind a license from Jordan brother. to do whatever. Stop it already, bro. <laughs> Stop <laughs> it. Mellow is amazing. Hell yeah, I love seeing And the that. young, I guess the young boy didn't make, the, I mean, the middle kid didn't make the, what's mm-hmm. his name, Leangelo? He signed with the G League. He got the G League again. team. Yeah. But he cold too, though. He like, like he's cold. All he's these guys play. are the best people in the world. I um, you know it's the saying, man. When you growing up and everybody make it, everybody can't go. G, everybody can't go. G, I don't think G gonna make it. You don't think so? I don't think Jello gonna make it. <laughs> Let's not put that energy out there, bro. Keep Jello. it low. <laughs> okay then, all right. I think he got more. I think Just he got sober one. up over here. Got, I, <laughs> it's okay. He got a chance. Like, I think man. he got one more good Damn. run. One more good run. If it don't happen after he that, he was I getting think, like he got sixteen well. in the uh, preseason. That's I think a lot. He, you get to a certain point. I think he should make one more hard push in, and then after that, go because he can make a lot of money overseas. Oh, see, that's well, my yeah, problem. Well, okay, well, yeah, problem. I, I can see that. I can see that. But I feel, but that's still going in the sense. Exhaust all options here first. So to me, I think he has one more good run. I think he was close to actually making, you know, at least making the 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 roster, but. Obviously, he didn't, but yeah, I've, I've seen a lot of people average 20 in summer league don't get on the NBA court. But why though? See, the politics don't be the, the numbers, it's called the numbers game. I got caught up in the numbers game before. I'm pretty what sure you, you got that? caught up, mm-hmm. huh? What do you mean by that? Numbers, numbers game, game. put it like this I got signed with the Spurs, I deserve to be playing, right? But so you have Steve Smith, Steve Kerr. All these veterans all were on the team. Steve Smith. No, I'm saying it's a numbers. It's a numbers game. Like oh, you got too many players on a roster oh, that already deserve so to play. So where do you fit in? Right, right. You right. you sit on the injury list the whole year and wait your turn. And how much money do they? make? And then once you sit, on, just you just say you sit on on the bench that whole year, you might not get an opportunity the next year. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of people get caught up in the numbers game. A lot of guys that belong mm-hmm. in the NBA that could be nice just in the NBA got a chance. Yeah, just never got the opportunity. Damn, that's just a lot of brothers. That's just like saying just a lot of brothers that I know in the pen that could have played in the league. I know at least three guys from my neighborhood that went to jail that could have played in the league. At least yeah. three. It's it's hard to to get into the NBA or into professional Period. things in life. Like I don't know what what profession is it easy to get into that's legal. None. None. I, I don't know. It's that, not life changing. Yeah, not life changing, and not where you can amass any kind of wealth. 
Right. um, I I think you made a great point earlier, though, but because it's a professional in something, whether it be acting, rapping, singing, sports, we make it not look easy, but we make it look doable. So everyone thinks they can step in and be an actor or I can play with them Mm -hmm. and realize you get on the court and you can't dribble, you know, can't. All they see is the glitz and I mean, when they see it, they see just what they, they see something. The finished. Yeah. Like, yeah, all they see is the, you know, the the shiny shit and that's what people want to show for the most part. They show, you know, listen, the NBA, literally a fashion show before the goddamn game. Excuse my French. It's mm-hmm. a fashion show. Mm-hmm. And it's great for the players because now that branding is amazing in the NBA. I, if I could choose to be any kind of athlete, of course it would be NBA, but I think if football players be feeling that way, like a, most of them feel that way because look how it's set up. The NBA is good to the athlete as far as that goes. I mean, it's, all, it's a limit to good sports ownership thing, football, baseball, basketball. But the NBA is pretty damn awesome in terms of the ability to brand out even at look when the bubble happened lesser known players emerged Mm -hmm. that's dope Mm because the big boys the big boys already Mm -hmm. that's how dope it was come Mm -hmm. on man and then you and then the guy 12th on the bench got an m Mm -hmm. listen man couple m's where where that's right it's more they got more than dr j Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the last player on the bench got more than dr j crazy Players we never heard of made more than the greats, some of the greats. Even um, I remember when I heard they they said, uh, what they said they said uh, magic. I remember it was announced that Magic Johnson was getting a million dollars, a twenty was, year, whoa. twenty year, twenty million dollar deal or something like that. Yeah, he getting a million a year. Whoa! Man. Everybody was like, five years later, Shaq got a a, a hundred and twenty m's. Then it was like, whoa! That was the game. Him and Kevin Garnett. That's when. It became so much about y'all's money. Because before that, I didn't give, who cared? Mm-hmm. Like nobody who cared about y'all. Now, there's care about it. That's mm-hmm. different than interest. <laughs> they no. care about y'all money. Not fair, really. But um, that's something y'all have to deal with because it's a lot of money. And this is a capitalist country. And so you guys are small oh businesses. Gosh. Businesses don't make a million dollars a year. Your favorite business didn't make a million dollars. <laughs> you, uh, you know, just, just but just like you touched on, you said, you know how we make it normal. You know, on another note, like with trauma and in, in our neighborhoods, you know, we deal with so much that we make that look normal too. That's true. You that know what I'm saying? That's why that's why people don't make a big deal out of it. Like y'all been dealing with it so long and y'all don't make it look like a big deal. Why y'all complain so much? No, because we deal with that. it so much and we see it every day. It's normal. Mm-hmm. The trauma that we go through every day. You know what I'm saying? That's the same thing. It is. We have to normalize it to make to bear it, like to bear it exactly. Yeah, you, you the words can't, out my you can't mouth, like right. be arrested by the, the the traumatic thing. That's when you are, we see the people arrested by trauma. They show trauma, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> they show damage, right? Most people who can cope just don't want to show damage, so they can at least manage to not be looking damaged in around people. So we deal with trauma, but we haven't. As a black culture goes, there's a lot of work to be done in. It's complicated. Very. So we don't have um, an answer or any answers. So, so it's difficult. You know, the thing is to make money. One thing is to make money. So, and it's easier said than done when it's millionaires sitting on microphones and mm-hmm. people watching us. You know, 
you know. And that's all they could, because they, they count the money now. Mm-hmm. Right. They count the money now, where even with uh, me, you know, they count y'all's money, so, and they care. It's part of their fantasy to to at least be vicarious through the athletes, you mm-hmm. know. So, because you can't just become a basketball player. You can become an actor. And, you know, you might not end up Wood or might not end up Idris or Denzel Washington or whoever. But you can sort of get in there and do extra work and find a, get a couple mm-hmm. speaking roles. And not you. I mean, when I say you, I'm talking in general. But you can't just become a basketball player. A lot of Sorry. things got to go in your favor. Yeah, you a need a lot. lot of things. Yeah, a lot. Especially nowadays. Like, I don't know how they make it without being giants. So I don't understand how you even make it without being a giant. Following. The little boy's gone, too. So you can have a big following now. That's true. See what I'm saying? That's some other <laughs> These shit, These days. That's some other stuff, though. Yeah. That's having a viral presence. Yeah. And having, like... Some of these kids are bigger than the program. That's something they go else, to. though. Yeah. That's bigger. not the same. Prime you... Do you see someone that reminds you of your game in the league? In the league? I, I want to hear this. I show sure want to hear this because you throw, you show play like MJ, your whole game, your dunks. Well, I modeled after MJ because yeah, yeah, we play basketball from Chicago. That's all MJ. Oh, that's yeah. MJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, <laughs> that's all MJ. I mean, I can't say prime. That let you know MJ, though. You. I'm trying to think of something. That let you know I was watching you on yeah, a different note. I wasn't just that's watching a, the movie. No, I was watching fact. your game. That's and that's Rutgers. Those are real rims. Everybody said, those real rims? They real rims. But, um... On the west side, let's see who we had. I'm gonna get back to that. I remember at the park one time I played against another pro. He ended up a pro, but it was Nick Anderson. And the young Nick Anderson, like I thought I was, you know, yeah, but I still had the ego. But the young <laughs> Nick Anderson just, people don't really realize until everybody thinks that they can go and play y'all and play you guys. and. It's another story, man. If you have an ego, it's ego crushing to see somebody so much better than you. Even though at that point I wasn't, I was like, I, I just, I feel like I could get there, you know what I mean, as a basketball player. But um, in the league now, I mean, you say now, right now, or in general? Or just period. I mean, I model myself after Michael Jordan just in terms of just, in a lot of ways, you know, just, um, I want to be the, just the best. So that's like Mike. So I just want to be the best. So so I'm like Michael Jordan in basketball since um yeah, I'm, I I play like Mike. I just want to be like Mike cuz we grew up in Chicago. You seen all the home games. I saw the maturation of Michael Jordan. WGN. Yeah, WGN. You seen all the you seen I'm seeing all the local all the all the home, all the games. So, you know, um man, also I just love AI cuz I what I love about Allen Iverson is everything. I do. I love everything about Alan Iverson. You guys already got a chance to spend some time together? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll tell okay. you, Alan, let me tell you Alan Iverson's story. One day, I'm in New York. This is a quick story. Quick, 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 quick. Yeah, you good. Quick, quick, quick. Tell us, sister. Come so, on, man. Okay, I'm in New York, right? I forgot what I'm working. I'm working on something. But I'm telling I'm in New York City, too. So I'm in Manhattan, proper Manhattan. I'm in a hotel. My One of my homies, boom, we're about to get on the block, right? So we did, we go, we we walking down the street. And you know, it's New York, so we walking. You know what I'm saying? So I see this little area, they got this caution tape up. They got the men on one side of the street. It's kind of thugged out too. They got the men on one side of the street and the women on the other side as though something had happened, right? This is a while ago too. AI was in the league. This is not, this is AI being in the league. So this is a long time ago. Um, so 
I see I see the little security dude inside the point inside the club, and it's 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 caution tape all in the club and shit. We walking by. I see the fly, I pick it up. It's supposed to be an Allen Iverson party, right? So I'm like, it's Allen Iverson party, but is it really? Or they throwing a mug name on some shit, pulling in the crowd, and you know what I'm saying? And get the money, and now they clear the club out. Mm -hmm. A fight happened, they clear the club out. No Allen Iverson, who cares? We got all these people. Mm -hmm. So I see the security dude, I'm trying to peep game. I go ask him, what's the game though, bro? He know who I am, you know what I'm saying? He recognized he's, yeah, so what's the game though? Is this, is this fake shit? Cause you know, I'm gonna keep it pushing, but is this fake? And it's policing the it's policing there and everything, right? So he said, nah, this was really Alan Iverson, man, you know, this and that. So, okay, cool. I leave me and the homie leave. We dip, we walking down the street. When we get to the corner, I forget, we like on 23rd or something. When we get to the corner, the stretch white jag, right? It's AI. He dipped the window, because I had met him before. Um, oh, at a Reebok thing that I did. Um, I did this Reebok campaign with photo shoots and stuff. So I met him briefly before. So, you know, AI, he dipped the window down, boom, boom, wood, this and that. Yo, I jump in the whip with him, right? <laughs> so now we chilling, we driving, boom, we kick back. So I tell him as soon as I get in there, I was like, yo, man, yeah, caution tape in that motherfucker. That shit dead over there. Like, we drove by, we seen the crowd all like it was, and we just kept it pushing, right? And so we end up driving around the city of New York for like a while, just talking, 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 chopping it up, right? You know, and so, and just having a good time. We put it to you like that, having a good time. So I, he take me back to the crib. I go back to the hotel. Now it's probably like two in the morning. You know, it might be two thirty, two thirty three in the morning. I go in the crib. I mean, in the in the, in the hotel. Boom! I watch a little till I fall asleep. I wake up. He on TV now, right? They playing Jason Kidd. He playing the Nets. I think. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, because he was only in New York chilling, not playing the Knicks, but playing the Nets. Mm -hmm. So he over the, he over the water now playing the Nets. So it's the AI with the dark circles and the hair ain't done, right? <laughs> so I know that AI now. When you see the, and the hair ain't done, right? He might have had a good time. A long night. He might have had a good time the night before, right? So he gonna have a good time. But he put forty three and oh, twelve yeah, on him. Say, he still gonna put numbers up. He had forty three and twelve. He had, that's my AI story. He had 43 and 12. If he don't go out and have a good time, he might not play good. That's he got, his, his, his routine has to be the same. He just different, bro. Man, great. super different, bro. Different, bro. Super I love him to death, bro. Me too. I ran into AI when I was in Philly to shooting Creed um, 1, I think. So, yeah, I ran into him at the hotel. He liked to hit the casino sometime and all that type of shit. Mm -hmm. You want to go to the casino? But I ain't do it, but yeah. I ain't do it. <laughs> All right, quick hitters. First thing to come to mind. Quick hitters. Uh, top five movies, in your opinion, all time. Top five movies all time. Your top five. Well, I say, well, one of them is Hoop Dreams. Even mm, though it's a documentary, mm, mm. I will put Hoop Dreams on there. That's my community, too. If you've seen Hoop Dreams, then yes. I went to that high school, Arthur A.G.'s neighborhood. That's Arthur the neighborhood A.G. Same thing. But Hoop Dreams is just amazing. There's nothing like it, so I really love that film. Um, I like a lot of older stuff, so The, the Sting... And which is a Robert Redford and Paul Newman film. Uh, it's like a heist sort of movie. It's called The Sting. It's a classic. Um, Paper Moon, which is another classic film. Um, and then I like I like some of, I like some of the thrillers that are out now. Like the Korean thrillers are dope. There's one called um, The Wailing. It's one of my favorite films already. And uh, 
I'm pretty hard on the films, man. I don't even like watching most of them. I get discouraged looking at a lot of stuff and make me feel like I'm wasting my time. So mm-hmm. I don't have a long list of mm-hmm. favorites in, 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 in acting and stuff like that. But Favorite line you've ever said in the movie that you can remember acting? <laughs> what's, your, what's your favorite line? I will bury the both of you motherfuckers. I take that. Dude. I take it. I take it. I take it. I take it. I will have to think back. I take that. I'm glad you just saved me. You saved me. You saved me. <laughs> I take that. Yeah, I bury the both of you motherfuckers. That's hey, real cold, quick, bro. quick story. I, I just want to ask because I think you're around the same time, at least. Uh, Benji Wilson. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. He a little bit older than you. A little bit older than me. Yeah. What do you remember same about time. him? Everything. I um, in fact, the document, the thirty for thirty, is me. I narrated his thirty for thirty on him. Oh, that's Cootie. right. Cootie right. and Chike, who voice. directed it, also directed the upcoming Kanye um, doc for Netflix, which is phenomenal. And it's kind of like Hoop Dreams in the sense that it's, they have, because Cootie grew up with uh, Kanye. Mm-hmm. So he's known him since prior to him even being signed. And so it chronicles him all the way from not signed to like a billionaire dope. in real time. So it's not just a bunch mm-hmm. of interviews. It's going to be dope. It's going to be mm-hmm. dope. Shout out Cootie and Chike. But, um, uh, what was the question? I forgot, no, I forgot you narrated that, but just oh, yeah. Benji Wilson and, and, and what kind of yeah, play he was. That struck the that. city like it was a thunderclap on the city, like an earthquake on the city when he died, you know, because um, he was all around good kid. I know the person who actually killed him now. Mm. Okay, he's gotten out. I know him because of the documentary and IG and things like that. And he, decent person, you know, big mistake, very big mistake. He was carrying a gun, he was young. And you know, back then, back then, you know, you could bump into a dude and catch one. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, um, or you can get killed over some kicks or a starter jacket, or that's just that Jokes. era in time. You know, you might have on a nice something nice. A person will actually kill you for for something nice, even a garment. So that's what the streets was like in Chicago. I think the guy who ended up shooting and killing them got bullied, and. Um, I think that's what the story was telling us. So he ended up, he was carrying a gun sometimes. Mm. It was a twenty-two. When he clapped, um, when he clapped Ben, um, they got into it outside of a store. Literally bumped into him. And Ben, you know, like, man, whatever, this and that, blah, blah, blah. And dude, little man, just mm. let it rip. But that's not how he died. He died because he was left on the gurney in the hospital. So what happened is trauma units weren't existing at the time. So the bigger cause, the bigger thing taken away from his death is the advent of trauma units in Chicago. There weren't any. He died because he was mis- He was neglected. He didn't die from the gunshot wound. Mm, he bled to death bled from the neglect of care. Damn. They took him to a local clinic-like thing bled to death or died as a consequence mm. of the of ne- negligence. So so it's not what people think. Right. Okay. Damn. So, you know, um but he was he was amazing. You know, it's, it's funny, I mean, you got those stories too, you know. It's the gift and the curse story at its greatest. Like it's a lot of those type of stories who what was the one kept Reggie uh who was Boston and he died? Coke Reggie Lewis. The, yeah, Reggie Lewis. Or, yeah. or, 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 uh, that's him, Reginald Lewis. Yeah, Reggie. Yeah. But he, there's more he than had one. a heart thing, but Lynn Bias was the one. Lynn Bias, yeah. Lynn Bias, Lynn mm-hmm. Bias. Yeah, that's like yeah. Hank Gathers. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. there's always a nominated person in that way. In yeah. that way, 
Did you, you guys ever hear? Probably not. But George Robinson was a. Um, you guys know Five Star. Of course, y'all know Five Star. Mm-hmm. So early on in Five Star, now he has a, a a plaque that's dedicated to him. I think it still may exist. The George Robinson Award. So he was a uh, a kid that went to school with me, and in grade school he died. Um, I mean, not in grade school. He died in, as a high schooler who would have been bound for the pros. He basically died um, of pneumonia. He just died of pneumonia. He died of a health condition related to, um, like I saw him the day before he died. You know, he died of um, odd circumstance. But, you know, that stuff, be it be be in the system for athletes. Like somebody, you know, not everybody going to come back from the trip. You know what I'm saying? Um, We are the lucky ones or the blessed ones for sure. Absolutely. Uh, Five dinner guests, dead or alive? Mm, Damn, these are tough questions. I would say um, dinner guests. I'm bad at this type of stuff, Matt. Five dinner guests? Man. Uh, I'm going to say Jay-Z. Because I want to chop it up with Jay-Z, even though I probably could talk to Jay-Z anyway, but I... I would love to just chop it up with him, see how, pick his brain on peculiar things that I have questions for. Um, I'm like, it's going to sound like a hip-hop list, really, because it's like I would like to chop it up with like Big Pun. I'm a Big Pun fan. I mean, I definitely want the historical figures uh and so many come to mind that it's difficult to narrow it down. Maybe the real actual Jimi Hendrix. Um, that's three. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. <laughs> good. <laughs> I'm an LL Cool J fan. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I'm inspired by LL Cool J also Todd. as a young person. So yeah, I love LL Cool J in terms of this. The young LL was very inspirational. Um, and LL in general, but when I was young and and watching young LL, it was very inspirational. Toss up, but I'm, I guess I'll say um, Bob Marley, but I was nice. tossing up Richard Pryor, Bob Marley. I want to sit down with these cats and just talk it, but yeah. Would you ever want to expand your career outside of acting, start directing? Definitely. I'm already doing that, yeah. Um, produce some things you may have seen. Actually, Next Day Air is mm-hmm. one of them. Yeah, but um, classic. Um, definitely directing. Talk to Fifty about directing some of his some of the episodics of Power. Mm-hmm. So that may happen. Um, and even outside of that, just to do other things in general, just to um, put a magnifying lens on. Like I was telling y'all about going and doing the. Um, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna make that a, a, a series to watch, at least a six part thing in terms of going to the prisons, mm-hmm. engaging with the. Um, inmate theater where again the lowest recidivism rate is among the people who involve themselves with theater in prison which is amazing if you really think about it so yeah i'm I'm going with san quentin um likely to start there and um yeah shoot shoot that out as a like a little episodic that'd be dope yeah uh you plus four in the black top anybody oh man you plus four all right. Jeez. <laughs> Man, who do I like to play with? That's really what that's about. 
you know, I'm going to say me. I'm just going to be the shooting guard, but I can miss everything because I'm going to make the team straight so <laughs> I can miss everything. But we got Jason Kidd because I just want to see how he plays Jason Kidd. I would, a person with Jason Kidd, I think it'd be a different experience playing on the court with Jason Kidd. I know I can get some open layups because he'd be great. I know, mm -hmm. I, I know I'm going to get a couple buckets. You got to run. But I'm going to be, a, I'm gonna, he's the one I'm going to be a two, which means I can miss though. I can miss. <laughs> so it's going to be an odd little group, but that's a motley crew because I kind of like Rasheed Wallace on my squad. Mm, why not? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I might need somebody on the bench because he might <laughs> get out the game. He, he gonna get a tech. He gonna get teched out. But I like Rashid Wallace to be on my squad. He can hit the outside jumper. Tough enough, tough on the inside. I can get anybody on this, anybody, anybody on my team. Oh man. Two more spots. Jake is. Yeah, I made myself the two. Jake I'm gonna have to take myself off this team. You can coach. <laughs> I gotta fire want. myself off this one. Nah, huh? you can coach. You I'm coaching. Want. I'm ready. I'm coaching. I got a hoop. All right, yeah, you I got, got a hoop. hoop. You got a hoop. Dang, it's you plus four. I should have probably made Mike the two, and I I, I could have been the one because all I gotta do is get a rock up. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna change it. <laughs> I'm gonna change it. I'm gonna change it. So I'll be the one. I'll be the one. I'll be the one. Got Mike at the two. I still got Rashid. I can't do Jason Kidd like that. I'm gonna go back. I got Mike. Mike can just be Mike. Mm -hmm. So it's me, Mike, Jason, Rashid, and Shaq. Oh, that's dope. That's dope. Yeah, it'd be fun. I know buckets. I'm going to get some buckets. Everybody, we can actually win some games without yeah. me participating. All I got to do is <laughs> save we, my energy for defense. And we already going to know what's going to happen if y'all don't win. Well, go playing get the, with go somebody, get the bag. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, but playing with somebody like Jason Kidd or Rondo or yeah, so like that type of guard. CP3. I, CP3, mm -hmm. I know I'm going to get a bucket. Just run yeah, the line. You know, I know I can listen deal. to that. I know they Rondo's like he, I mean, he's a, them, mm -hmm. those dudes tough, man. Genius. Yeah. Yeah, they basketball geniuses, extreme. Yeah. This last question, just remember before I ask you this question, you, you have to help me with your answer. Okay? Mm -hmm. You okay. have to help okay. us okay. with your okay. answer. I help you answer. Who do you want to see on all the smoke? Oh, snap. Okay. <laughs> Who do you want to see on the Genuinely show, bro? help you with. Mike been on here, Mike Epps. Mm-mm. Oh, that's a good call. Yeah, get hey, Mike Epps on the show. Yeah, that's Mike the homie, Epps. too. Call out yeah. Mike Epps. Yeah, Mike Epps. We can, that, we yeah, can make that yeah, happen, that's too. That's my bro. Homie. Mike yeah. Epps, man. Make that's it happen. Homie. See? Well, Wood, we appreciate you, man. Thank man, you all the smoke is all the love. love. Thank thank you, man. Thank we appreciate you, bro. Thank you, man. Show. Appreciate it all day, all Long overdue. Above the world, West Coast. Wood Harris is going to start working on that. We in here. Yep, yep. That's a wrap, man. All the smoke. Wood Harris, thank you, Jack. Peace. Good little run. My boy, good job. You can catch us on Showtime Basketball YouTube and the iHeart platform, Black Effects. See y'all later. Peace. This is All a Smoke, a production of the Black Effect and iHeart Radio in partnership with Showtime. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T.